As school choice has proliferated in American education, so too have efforts to ensure that families are equipped to make sound decisions about where to send their children. In some cities, nonprofit organizations have created school finder websites that seek to inform parents about their options. And districts including Washington, D.C., Indianapolis, and New Orleans have integrated school shopping websites into the enrollment systems through which parents submit school requests. How does the content and layout of these websites influence parents' perceptions of and choices about schools? Can savvy design help parents prioritize academic quality? I'm Marty West, editor of Education Next, and I'm joined today by Ira nichols Bearer, senior researcher at Mathematica Policy Research. Along with his colleagues at Mathematica, Ira recently completed a major study addressing those questions about school shopping websites and more. You can find a blog post discussing the findings of that study on our website at educationnext.org, and I'm happy to say that he's agreed to spend a few minutes discussing those findings with me today. Ira, welcome back to the EdNext podcast. Thank you. Glad to be back. So I often start out by asking researchers why they pursued a given study we're discussing. In this case, I suppose that question might better be posed to the folks at the Federal Institute for Education Sciences who commissioned it. But but why did you and your colleagues at Mathematica think this was an interesting project to take on? Well, personally, I was really excited to take this project on because I had done a lot of studies of school choice looking at the effects of schools themselves that parents might choose. But this is looking at that issue and the policy questions around it from a very different perspective, which is from the parents' point of view, how does school choice work and why do parents make the choices they do? And it's often said that school choice will only work if parents have good information about the schools they're choosing among. Uh, Can you walk us through that logic or uh, explain why that might be an important consideration when we think about the design of school choice programs? Yeah, absolutely. So I think this is sometimes taken for granted that if there's just more options for parents that somehow automatically parents will just gravitate to higher quality schools. But in reality, it's it's more complicated. Um, parents have to make trade-offs between convenience, such as distance, cl- you know, proximity to their house, the commute to the school. And it's also sometimes very difficult to get high-quality information about schools and find out which schools really are higher quality than others. I mean, even within the research community sometimes, there's, there's very active debates about how to rate schools. And it can be a thicket of information for parents to navigate. So it's not as straightforward as you might think. And this is a issue that a number of organizations have identified as a priority, both foundations that have invested in efforts to try to provide parents with more and better information, but also, uh, as I mentioned in the setup, uh, a number of districts have taken this on as they've given parents more choice among the schools they attend. They often supplement that with information, sometimes even at the point of decision. Right. And in my view, that a lot of times these districts are working without a roadmap for how to do it. I mean, there's a lot of website design research that's done by, uh, you know, organizations like Amazon that are trying to influence the way a website might uh, help you to make a purchase that Amazon would like you to make with as little friction as possible. But in terms of the education arena, um, there's very little that's known about you know which design choices actually have an effect and actually are helpful um, for parents. And one of the reasons why so little is known may be just the sheer number of decisions that go into the design of these websites, right? Absolutely. I mean, there's how many data elements to display, whether to use graphics alongside numbers, whether to include information you know outside of 
information that the district collects or include parent surveys. There's a, as you get into the details, there's an enormous number of, of variations in both how they could be designed and how they are being designed in practice. If you look across different cities, these school finder websites look nothing like each other. And one of the terms from the research literature that you and your co-authors on the blog post, Steve Glazerman and John Vallant, used to talk about this is choice architecture. Can you tell us a little bit about what you mean by that term, where it comes from? Yeah, absolutely. So this is a term that comes out of uh, research in beha on, into behavioral economics. Um, so this is the line of research that helped move the field of economics around of the, just a straight assumption that people are rational actors. It doesn't matter how you present information. If you just give people information, they'll use it in a rational, sort of optimizing way. Um, that's not true in practice. Um, people have limited attention spans, and it's difficult to process complex information. So this, uh, this term, choice architecture, really refers to how information is conveyed in terms of, well, in the example of school choice, whether you're, which um, types of information about a school are shown to parents at all, but also you know, the relative amount of space on a web page that each type of data takes takes up. So are you using half of the space on the finder to display information about academics and half about resources? Or are you dividing it into thirds? Or do some types of data get more emphasis than others? All of those could have an effect. And so oftentimes when we're talking about choice architecture, researchers will use the term nudge, right? That mm -hmm. the way in which information is presented, the way in which a choice is framed, can then influence the decisions that people make uh, based on that information. One of the points you all make in the piece is that uh, there's really no way to avoid nudging at all, right? Nudging is inherent to the uh, task of conveying information. That's right. Any way you might present information about schools and a list of different school options is going to nudge parents to look at some data elements over others. These are unavoidable effects. So really, the, the, what we were trying to do with this study is provide districts with sort of a roadmap of how do these nudges work, what are the trade-offs you might need to consider as you're laying out the data elements for a school, uh, school finder. So let's turn to the study itself then. Uh, as I understand it, you all conducted an experiment. We did, yeah. So we randomly assigned parents of school-aged children. These were all low-income parents. Um, but this was not a field experiment. So this was run online using a nationwide panel of 3,500 parents. And we randomly assigned them to see uh, one school finder display. And uh, there were many, many variations on, of the different school finders that we showed these parents. Yeah, I was impressed. There were 72 different versions of the website that uh, respondents were presented with. Uh, those versions varied along five different dimensions. You want to just walk us through some of the most important ways in which you tested the effects of different displays? Sure. So there were five types of variations that we, that we tested. So for example, uh, we changed the sort order of schools. So the, the list of schools was fixed. There were 16 schools in every display. The relative rankings of these schools were fixed. So the highest performing academic school was the same across all of the displays. But, for example, how they were sorted by default uh, varied. So in some displays, they were sorted by distance from home. So the closest school was at the top of the list. In other displays, they were sorted by academic performance, where the highest performing school was at the top of the list. And that leads into one of your key findings. I think the factor that most influenced parents' hypothetical, we should emphasize, decisions about where they would send their child, uh, this question of, are schools organized by distance? 
in a way that reinforces parents' preference for a school closer to their home, perhaps, or if they were instead organized by academic quality. Is that right? That's right. And I think it's important to emphasize how subtle that design difference was. There was a toggle right at the top of the display, so you could change the sort order. And that was very easy to do with two clicks. You could switch from sorting by academics to sorting by distance, regardless of which display you saw. But that default display order turned out to have a very large effect on whether parents emphasized academic quality or distance. What were some of the other things that mattered to parents' decisions? Well, uh, so in terms of the uh, academic quality, the emphasis placed on academic quality, the most important single uh, design decision was the sort order effect, mm -hmm. but there were others as well. So including a graphic alongside academic performance, which uh, labeled academic performance with a letter grade, so letter A through letter F. That also nudged parents to place more emphasis on academics. And also limiting the total amount of information on the display uh, helped parents to place more emphasis on academics as well. So what was left out uh, if you are limiting the amount of information to place more emphasis on academics? So we did this in three, um, there were three different ways. We, uh, there were three different variants in terms of this amount of information sort of type of variation that we were testing. So uh, in the simplest version, the lowest amount of information, there was only one data element for each type of information. So it was uh, distance from home, academics, safety, and resources at the school. So um, we only displayed one number for each of those school attributes in the lowest information display. But the, if in the other variations we tested, that could be up to, I think it was 20 total, or, or there, 20 or thereabouts, different data elements shown per school. And so you'd see much more detailed information, for example, about the resources available at the school. And if you see that information, then maybe that becomes something that distracts you from the academic quality rating. That's exactly right. And actually, we were interested in testing uh, that aspect of it in particular. So when you expanded out to having the largest number of data elements, there were more data elements shown for the resources attribute than any of the other attributes. And that had a strong nudge effect towards looking at resources, uh, not other factors. One of the other aspects of the display that you experimented with was whether or not you included parent ratings along mm -hmm. with the official measures, presumably from the school district in question. Talk us uh, through your findings with respect to parent ratings. Do uh, I, if I'm a parent, care about what others in my community are saying? So absolutely, yes, this is important. And actually, this is one of the effects that has been tested in prior research. One of our collaborators on the study, John Vallant, has a lot, whole line of research looking at how a parent, you know, information from peers is used by parents when making school choices. It's very important, and it has an effect. Actually, the largest effect we saw related to including parent information was on um, self-reported satisfaction with the display. Parents liked the display a lot better, uh, a lot more, when parent ratings were included alongside the district indicators. Oh, so interesting. Yeah. So in addition to just testing the effects on the choices parents said they would make about a school, you also just asked them how satisfied are you with the information you're being provided with in order to make that decision, and that's where you see the big effect of parent ratings. That's right. There were small other effects as well. There was a small nudge towards emphasizing academics when you included parent ratings, but the largest effect was, uh, was in that area of self-reported satisfaction with the display. And that leads us into one of the other issues that you discuss in the post, which is the uh, notion of trade-offs, right? Mm -hmm. That sometimes there may be trade-offs between 
at least the type of information or the way in which it's displayed that leads to an emphasis on academic quality and what parents say they would like to see or how satisfied they are with the information. Um, tell us about some of those. Right, so we looked at three different outcomes in the study. So we've already talked about effects on choices and self-reported satisfaction. The third one was factual understanding of the display. So we, we quizzed parents about can you answer questions like select all the schools that are less than a half a mile from home and have a suspension rate below 5%, for example, and we would just test them on whether they understood the information accurately. And there are trade-offs between these three outcomes. So a good example of this is the display that caused parents to emphasize academic performance the most was not the most understandable display. So sorting by distance is more understandable than sorting by academics. It's more intuitive. It looks more like you might, you know, if you did a search on Google Maps for schools, you, they would be sorted by distance by default. That may have been part of the reason why uh, parents found it harder to answer factual questions accurately when we sorted by academics. And I recall that parents yeah. also liked graphical displays of information, not just having the numbers there, but actually the graphs, and this was a bit counterintuitive to me, didn't facilitate their understanding. Is that right? That's right. So um, in terms of the satisfaction outcome, uh, parents liked seeing data-rich displays with graphs. So more data elements and then accompanying those data elements with visuals to help uh, place the numbers in context. Parents liked that and they found the display more satisfying. Uh, but they got the factual questions wrong um, more often when there was a data-rich display with a lot of visuals. And I guess then the big practical question that comes up is, is that preference that parents have enough that it would actually attract them to use the website more in practice if it included that type of information, that that would offset any lack of clarity that came from presenting it in that way and that overall you'd be better off, right? Yeah, this is tricky. These trade-offs are not necessarily straightforward to make. You know, a district would have to consider how much uh, emphasis do they want to place on, on providing parents with an enjoyable experience navigating the website versus how much the, would they like to see one of these nudge effects or how much are they worried about misunderstandings and just straight factual understanding. All right, so you started off by saying that a big part of the motivation here was to offer some useful evidence for districts that are in real time making decisions about what to present. There's no neutral way to present it. So if I'm a superintendent, what are the few things that I need to keep in mind based on this study? Well, I think the first thing I would say is that in terms of the order of magnitude of, our, of these effects, the nudge effects are larger than the effects on satisfaction and understanding. So these trade-offs exist, but the, the trade-offs are between relatively large nudge effects and small effects on understanding and satisfaction. So I think as a good starting point, districts should pay attention to what nudge effects do you really, are you comfortable with, do you want to have, and then once you've thought about that, consider these trade-offs related to satisfaction and understanding as well. So it's clear that districts can influence the choices that families make uh, through how they display it, and I guess the order in which schools appear seems to be a key variable. Uh, and they need to then, because they have that power, they need to make sure that the information they're using to sort schools uh, is something that they really want parents to be incorporating, right? That's exactly right. That sort order really is really is powerful, and it's worth putting some time into thinking about it carefully. So we should return to the caveat that you've already mentioned, that we're not studying actual school choices here. We're studying hypothetical choices. Uh, how, if at all, do you think the results might change if 
you were able to study this in a more real world setting? Well, I would I would love to study in a real world in a real world setting. I hope there there is a follow on study that tests this in a field context. I think the context would be very important uh, related to when parents are shown this information uh, in the choice process. So there are some districts where there's no alternative to using a school finder. The only way to apply to schools is through a unified application system where all of the school choices are displayed on a website. Parents have to navigate that website and check the schools they want to apply to. I would hypothesize that those are the settings where you're going to have the largest effects from these design decisions is at, it's happening at the moment parents are actually selecting schools. Um, when those finders are more, you know, a, little, a few steps removed from the actual decision, it's, uh, I would expect those nudge effects perhaps to be a little bit less powerful. And I suppose one additional wrinkle that would come up in that context is the source of the information. So mm. oftentimes when that information is available at the point of decision, it's being provided by the district or the city itself that's overseeing the choice process. Uh, in other cases, it comes from a nonprofit organization. Uh, do we have any idea which version of information is more credible to parents when they're making decisions? We weren't able to test that in the context of our, our study. All of the 72 variations we showed were, were presented as a district school finder with district data, and sometimes that was accompanied with parent survey indicators, but it was always a district website. So I, I don't know the answer to that. It'd be interesting to find out. Well, if there's anyone at the Institute of Education Sciences who's listening today, it sounds like there are uh, a number of uh, additional questions that still need to be addressed, but but it's also clearly the case that this study represents a major leap forward in terms of understanding something that's going on around the country uh, in real time. Uh, so thanks for uh, taking the time to chat about it with us today. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. My guest today has been Ira Nichols-Bearer, senior researcher at Mathematica Policy Research and the co-author of Design with Care, School Information Displays Can Impact School Choices, which you can find at educationnext.org. You've been listening to the Ednext Podcast. If you like what you've heard, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts so that you don't miss an episode. And while you're there, be sure to check out our archive and, especially if you're listening through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. It helps us find more listeners and more listeners find us.